first, some lore. The year was 2000. Things sure are changing here, aren't they? Soon a new generation will be in full swing. My brother's been hard at work chronicling all the changes, but he's soft at heart, sentimental. My visions of gaming's future keep us pressing ever forward, Moon Yeller. And Carter here transcribes them. And they've not been wrong once. Every big game you've seen in your visions has come true, so I'm really looking forward to how Gameland reacts to Metroid Prime, Mario Sunshine, Melee, and Grand Theft Auto 3. Gameland will be shaken to the core. I told you, the gatekeeper's visions always come true, and that's the bottom line. Dream's already got some good stuff going on here in the Dreamcast. Soul Calibur's console port is a masterpiece, and it's a Sonic Adventure. Just look at the leap. Sega's on a roll, man, and you say there's a bigger sequel headed our way? Truly, we're on the verge of the sixth generation. So many good things are so close. Nintendo, Sony, Sega, the future is bright. Moon Yeller! Huh? Is that Dream? It looks like it. Moon... <coughs> Yeller! <coughs> Dream! Dream! Don't come a step closer. Who are you? What have you done? Haha! <laughs> I'm the harbinger of next gen. You may call me the Duke. Gatekeeper, is this a part of- No, it's a wild card. No visions, no warnings. This... This... You and Carter need to get as far away from here as possible. Go! They can run all they want. Gameland won't escape me. But today... I've come to take down a Titan to see what the city spits out next to be deconstructed. I'm throwing my hat into the sixth generation. You challenge me? A Titan? Delusional. Simply delusional. Fifth gen Titan? Moon Yeller? Goodbye. And good riddance. <laughs> running Carter. Our friend is gone. But Gameland is resilient. A new Titan will take his place. The Duke may be an anomalous force of nature, but he's not invincible. How could he have beaten Moon Yeller so easily? It doesn't make any sense. We need to move forward. When the next Titan emerges, we must establish contact. For now, we need to get as far away from the Duke as possible and continue our research. Fifth generation is over. Guess what, Robert? What you got? The Suicide Squad game has been delayed until February 2024 after being delayed till May and then delayed again until an unknown date. 
Probably because the state of play showing was probably not well received, but I just wanted to bring that up right here at the top of the show because that's a game we've been talking about since literally the first episode of this here podcast, Markers on the Map. <laughs> I was going to say, um, yeah, we've been talking since the beginning, but do you think it's probably not going to happen? Do you think this will be a Duke Nukem Forever situation where they'll keep canceling it and it'll come to like the PS6 or 7 or something? <laughs> No, I'm, I'm sure that this will come out on February 2nd of 2024. But I have to wonder, like, why such a big delay after it's been delayed before? Um, and what are they going to change? Like, mm-hmm. the thing that I think they're going to change is probably that online-only requirement. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, nobody really likes that in a game that does have a single-player, mm-hmm. like, portion of it. I know this is a co-op thing. But, like... One can hope maybe some of the live service nonsense that we talk about a lot on here um, won't be part of it anymore. But, like, I think it's kind of apparent that it it's not all going to be gone. Like, that's not a long enough delay to, like, restructure the entire game. But one can hope that it... Like, I've not watched the state of play. Like, we both... I don't think either of us have, but I've seen the screenshots of those menus with the, like, incremental stat boosts like we have in things like Avengers, Anthem, even Destiny to an extent. Mm-hmm. But, like, Destiny does this... Destiny does all these systems right, whereas, like, Avengers kind of fumbled, and we know that the, the live service portions of Avengers have um, been removed from the game. But, like, when I see stat screens that have, like, little armor pieces that increase your odds of getting something by, like, 0.34%, that's, like, I hate that. Like, I'm, I'm growing to hate that. It's one of those things where we've seen it before. It's weird. In, in, er, in this sense, Xbox One. When it launched, when it was announced, it kept saying you need a requirement to at least 24 hours to be online. No one liked that. The, I, I don't understand this idea that everyone is connected to online. It's not that, you know, people aren't connected, but at the same time, there's still people who aren't connected online 24-7 all the time or even just generally online. But it's like, why do you need to be connected to something for it to function? Yeah, you, like Xbox's, Xbox One's DRM things when they first announced it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like killed the hype for that console like ps4 was like right on top in that gen ps4 saw the opportunity to market that like you don't need to be connected the point is people don't like the idea of already paying for the console already having to either pay for the shipment to get to your home so either you're paying a premium subscription for fast shipment or you know you're paying the extra for the shipment or you have to go get the game you put it up you connect it and now it says you need an online requirement. So now you need to pay for internet service. And people are just like, I'm not going to do all that. Uh, I think there's even a few people who like did not get the PS4 because you had to buy an online plus subscription to play online. Yeah. Because so, that wasn't a thing back on the PS3. Plus yeah. was always that like bonus thing you could buy to mm-hmm. get like a discount on a game. But never really required like Free you, games, you could play yeah. little big planet online on ps3 without having a, a plus subscription yeah. stuff like that it's sort of like suicide squad needs to understand that people 
don't really want to be connected online 24-7 if the uh, Especially there, if there's an option to play single player. Yeah. Like, there's a solo option in Suicide Squad. You're not being forced to play with people. Like, we've had this conversation on this show before about mm-hmm. things like Godfall having an online requirement. Mm-hmm. Um, Gran Turismo Sport not letting you do any, like, progression saving while you're um, offline. So, like, when servers were down, there were times when you could just, like, go play, but none of your, you know, nothing was going to save. It's it's like this. We established why it might be in delay. But here's the thing is until we see new updates on it, we really don't know why they're delaying it. We could theorize that, oh, yeah, they don't want the online stuff. But how tough is it to to just be like, okay, it doesn't need to be connected online all the time and you can play with bots as your teammates? That's kind of what makes me think that there's a, probably a little bit more going on than just taking out that requirement. Because, mm-hmm. like, I understand that that is a process. And, like, I don't know much about, like, the actual development of games, but I'm sure it's a big process to, like, remove the online-only requirement. But with such a big delay, we're talking, you know... 10 months um there's got to be some changes to the the live service portion because i think that was what was like really negatively received because this game's been in development for a long time and like a lot of people on online forums have said these big triple a games with long development cycles um are are still functioning kind of on ideas that were popular when they started Mm. development that have fallen out of popularity and that is these like looter shooter-esque things that like Mm -hmm. you know certain games like borderlands and destiny do well but very few games that have come out then um since then like anthem uh avengers um and a few others that are you know can't i can't think of them off the top of my head but i think anthem and avengers are the most high profile ones that like kind of failed it's it's like this if within the it's a year basically it's not until next year yeah if we get an update midway through the next launch or even next year and all it is is just a simple change that means i don't know what's going on behind the scenes i don't know if, if it's a, a lack of leadership within some like the director's not you know putting so much effort into changing a lot of things that should be much quicker because we've seen games that when you look at when they're developed like examples like re7 they put a goal saying we want it to be a fast uh, like a fast pace making of a game like we want it to be easy to be fair and to not be such a hassle and delay and stuff like that and so I mean, that game came out great. It, it was a quick franchise. turnaround, yeah. too. Like, what was it? Like, it was announced at an E3 mm-hmm. or something like that, and then it came out, like, the following January. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, it could be one direction, whoever's directing the, the company or the, the team to, to for this game. I don't know. It could be so many things. It's just that, at the end... If it's such a minor change, it wasn't worth delaying it for that long. Which, it be yeah, like, which makes me think there's going to be some some extra little changes like Mm -hmm. it's it doesn't seem like enough for a full restructuring obviously i think the gameplay will largely be unchanged from what was in the state of play but what bothers me the most is that this is rocksteady their last game was arkham knight and that was 2015 and arkham knight i've actually been playing a lot lately we'll probably talk about later in the show rocksteady has the capacity to make a great single player game and i just think that like them putting rocksteady on this this live service kind of like looter shooter thing Mm -hmm. isn't playing to the company's strong suit. So I've never, you know, ever since we kind of knew that this was going to be like a co-op team up game, like I'm, I'm just sitting there like scratching my head. Like 
maybe Rocksteady would have done great work with another solo superhero. Maybe you could have a good Superman game, which was like such a big rumor for a while. Um, when 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 they're like, oh, Rocksteady's working on a new game. It's like they have the capacity. Like they made like. The Batman games are like fully like detective simulators and mm-hmm. they're just so much fun. They're so enjoyable. The combat is a revolution, I think, and those games still play like a game that should come out in 2023. Those games still play almost flawlessly. They feel like they were just made. Um, even Arkham Origins, which wasn't made by Rocksteady, but like Arkham Knight specifically, I've just been playing it, marveling at the fact that like, yes, it's 30 frames locked, it still feels so much more smoother. It feels like it's 60 frames. The combat is hard, mm-hmm. um, like hard-hitting, fast-paced. Um, and then you have something like Gotham Knights, which is newer than Arkham uh, Knight. It, it, it looks pretty good, but also runs at 30. The combat is not satisfying at all. It's a fun game. It's not bad. Like I've spoken very highly about that game, um, probably because I played it in a time when I needed a game like that. Mm-hmm. But going back to Arkham City or Arkham Knight, now I don't think I could go back to Gotham Knights. I think Rocksteady has proven themselves as, like, kings in the solo single-player space to where, like, Suicide Squad just doesn't inherently and hasn't for years at this point. Um, Because, like, we talked about this in August of 2020. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. We should look at it like this. Guardians of the Galaxy phenomenal hero game yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with that game if all suicide squad needs to do is this make it combat upgrades all that like guardians of the galaxy obviously don't directly copy it it's a it's a style of gameplay obviously no don't copy the story but like the gameplay you can take inspiration and you know off that take that gameplay and that type of like maybe helping your partners and partners like choose a leader and have the rest of the squad Mm. be like weapons that you can use in the middle of a combat situation then if they want to gta 5 did it in 2013 it's seamless character swap between missions they can do they can that, do that easy. too it's not diff- it's like we if you just take the character swap from gta 5 and you put it within gardens of the galaxy and imagine you could do that with other characters you can make a suicide squad game based off that yeah i don't know it's kind of like we've seen it done so you can take inspiration from another it's not a bad thing to take inspiration from other companies yeah. i don't know i mean like practices. the suicide squad game is taking inspiration from all the other looter shooters that have yeah. kind of grown stagnant over the years and kind of you know been oversaturated it's like the it's like after open worlds that's like what was the next oversaturated genre looter shooters mm-hmm. and like none of them stack up to borderlands borderlands is still the most addicting the most satisfying to me like even more so than the game that borderlands kind of got its systems from diablo like borderlands is like the end-all be-all looter shooter for, it's, for me personally it's and like, you i'm sure for, for for us yes some people it's destiny they they yeah. It, that, but Destiny that's does still the like, same level, continually yeah. put out story content almost every week. It, basically, we've said it. Destiny, when you first played it, you said this is just Borderlands in space. Yes. So that's the exact words I used in 2014. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's how at least you saw Destiny, and I could agree with that. It's just Borderlands in space. I think Destiny also has more, not really more, but just it has very repetitive like dungeons or something. But I guess people. Yeah, De- Destiny is like you got to be into replaying the content almost constantly. And it's like longer content than say Borderlands 2 where you can go like save in front of a boss and like keep fighting that boss Mm. over again. Like if you want to fight a boss in Destiny, you're going to have to go through the strike or the raid or the dungeon or, you know, a level or something like that. But 
I guess end of the subject is if they're delaying it, it has to be some pretty major updates or changes to the game. If within the next year, couple months, if we see another update and it's just not really like, I guess like if it doesn't make sense why such a big delay, it, it just makes the game look worse because it's like they're taking all this time for for what? To, to change maybe one or two things that should be simple or I don't know. It's like the more they delay it, the more people will talk about how it's already presented. Yeah. And so it's kind of one of those things where they can't take that back from the trailer. Yeah, the state of play happened. It, maybe it's a good thing that it, it like that people were able to point out those reactions a few months before the game came out, which gives Rocksteady and Warner Brothers the time to kind of fix things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's a lot. <laughs> but it also this I guess final thing to say about this, if it's because they don't want to crunch it, that's fine. Sure. If, like, definitely don't crunch it to get your game out in May. But, like, I can see, like, the negative reaction to this makes me think that, like, it, it, it's it's more than, it's beyond, like, crunch. But, like, absolutely, it's something we always talk about on here, please don't crunch. Like, we can wait to play your game. Mm-hmm. Don't crunch. <laughs> Um, it's interesting though. There was a, a state of play we'll talk about at, at the end of the show for for Final Fantasy 16. Mm-hmm. Had the exact opposite effect. Not only did it sell people who were already sold on the game, it sold people who were not sold on the <laughs> game because it looks just incredible. But we'll we'll get to that later here on Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure where it did it, we did go a lot harder than I thought we would here at the top of the show. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 13 minutes, I think, to be exact. Yeah. We went pretty long in that, like, I think that's the longest we've ran I something. really think that it was just at the forefront of my mind the past few days, because I'm like, of course it got, like, they, they did not announce the release date um, after they said it was delayed, mm-hmm. but February, literally, like, the, the state of play was in February, or at least early March, so that's like a year's delay from when they showcased the game mm-hmm. that they originally showed in August of 2020 at DC Fandom. But we got other things to talk about today. So my name is Daniel, and I'm here live with my good friend and co-host, Robert, to who I will ask, how you doing? Even though <laughs> I know how you doing. Uh, tired week. Very, very, a lot of things happen. Yes. Just a lot of things just happen. So tired. But today-wise, I'm fine. You know, just everything's going fine. We chilled out for a bit so everything's fine how about you how's it been um i've been equally as tired and had equally probably as hard a week um different scenarios but like a lot harder of a week than i thought it was gonna have yeah. so i've managed to squeeze in a few things that i oh. will likely talk about oh just to, i guess we could talk about it this week i finally went to the star wars section at disneyland i did go to oh, it jelly and I'm telling you, you have to go. We'll bring this on the podcast, but if anyone who's a star... I'm not that much of a Star Wars fan, and I went, and I said, yo, this is a really cool spot. If you're, like, a diehard Star Wars fan, you should try to at least go to one Star Wars Disneyland. I don't know if they have it in World yet, but... Well, they have the Rise of the Resistance ride at World, which is, like, this whole entire mm-hmm. experience that, like, starts as, like, a theatrical thing you're a part mm-hmm. of and ends with, like, a really cool ride. So, like, I feel like that one is, like more elaborate but i've always been like the one at disneyland seems kind of cozy to me it's really not it's 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 dope it's just at the end of the day it's dope it's really cool and i say i'm not even that much of a star wars fan i was just walking around like this is a really cool 
and 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 the stormtroopers are really funny because they can just banter to each other. Like they like Disney has a rule with comes to like characters and costumes that you know they can't do certain yeah, gestures yeah, yeah. and they have to always you know wave and stuff like that. But the stormtroopers is just two guys that are probably having the best time because they just banter to guests <laughs> and just be like telling each other jokes and, and and you know saying silly things and you know in a fun way. So it's probably really fun to work there. Yeah, and Star Wars, so you know I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've been talking about this for a while now. Since January, One Piece Odyssey, I think it's finally okay. time. Okay, <laughs> you want to talk about it? It's, it's kind this, of an RPG-heavy episode, I this think. Is, this is all you. If we're <laughs> do, this is going to be, I've not played Odyssey, you've told me about it, so you're going to have to explain to it, like you, or to the honest how you explained it to me. Yeah, so the usually I talk about games I've played, you know, recently. I've not finished One Piece Odyssey, it came out late January. Um, I've not played, actually, in about a month here. Um, but the battle system is very memorable to me. So, like, mm-hmm. the story is kind of like a filler story in the One Piece saga where you're returning to earlier arcs, um, like, um, the, like, the desert, I'm forgetting the name of the town, and, like, uh, Dressrosa, that's the one I'm on right now. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of embarrassing that I can't remember the name of the, of the desert town, but, you know, uh, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like... I'm not super into One Piece. Like, I don't watch the anime. I've not started the manga. It's something that I'd like to do at some point because, like, I, I do love the lore and the characters. Um, I've played Pirate Warriors 4. I've brought that up before on here, I think. Um, but One Piece Odyssey presents itself... Like, I, I wasn't quite sure what kind of RPG it was going to be when they announced it. Mm-hmm. But upon playing it, it's a very, like, classic feeling. Um, go around smaller map areas, do a turn-based combat. Uh-huh. Um, it's not random encounters, but I think that the combat system is where the game stands out because I don't think I've ever seen another turn-based combat system like this, at least in a game that I've played. Um, so before I get into that, the game's beautiful. The characters are rendered so lovingly and everything has this like weird texture to it. Mm-hmm. Like that i'm not sure is like a pleasant texture or anything but it definitely makes things stand out um so in this game you control the straw hat pirates so you play as luffy and you can play as any of them in the field um and use different skills like chopper can obviously go into small areas he's doctoring he's doctoring he's doctoring all right <laughs> um Usopp does his marksman thing where he shoots little like cases that you can get items from um Zoro can uh break little metal boxes the characters aren't really like they can't really do like all too much outside of the field like Sanji can um find like food ingredients on the ground Nami can find like money Robin can find like lore and then Luffy can like stretch his arms like Luffy is wont to do um and but the game is weird in that you can switch the characters at any time but it does have to do like a black loading screen for this to happen uh-huh. so that like kind of plays to the like archaic charm of it i I don't know if i'd call it charm but like maybe we could call it charm yeah um but the the combat is i think the most interesting portion Mm -hmm. so when you go into combat you take your party of four straw hats that you've selected and you are they are in separate kind of like parts of the arena and you're going up against enemies who are also in separate parts of the arena Mm -hmm. so you might have luffy in with two enemies Mm-hmm. Sanji in with three, Nami in with one, and Usopp in with zero. And the way that the combat works is your character can only attack enemies in their area. However, 
they can attack enemies in another area if they use a skill that allows them to attack in another area. They can move to an area if they're in an area that doesn't have enemies. Otherwise, they're stuck in their area until all the enemies in that area have been wiped out. So I know it's kind of like a lot to wrap your head around, and mm-hmm. it did take me a little while to get used to it. But the cool thing is, your Straw Hats um, can attack in whatever order you want. So the only enemy you have to worry about attacking is the enemy that's like getting ready to attack, and you'll know that by an icon mm-hmm. that shows above them. So say I have Nami in one area, and she's surrounded by enemies that she can't do much against. Enemies that are resistant to her attacks. But there's enemies that are weak to Luffy's attacks, Mm -hmm. and Luffy has a skill that can attack enemies in another area. I can use Luffy's attack to get rid of those enemies Mm -hmm. so that Nami can move to another area and help somebody out against an enemy that she's strong against. Okay. So it's it's really more of like I don't want to call it a combat puzzle, but I want to say that it feels very like like pseudo into the breach almost, where you kind of have the solution in front of you, and the the, the easiest way to go about it is to take the path where you will have the least casualties. Mm-hmm. Like there will be scenarios which yes you'll have to take a hit, but if you kind of like organize things organize your thoughts before you you know start the battle you can do like interesting combos where like the enemy that's about to attack can be defeated by sanji who's in usopp's area and then usopp can move areas Mm -hmm. and then use one of his big attacks to wipe out a set of three enemies so it's very like chess like in (laughs) in that like i'm making all these comparisons but there's really nothing like this that i've played i've never played a game where like your positioning and choices in where you're going to like set an attack off with characters in different arenas mm-hmm. like is so pivotal to the experience um it's easy enough to just go full combo on an enemies at, at like at like an enemy group and end the battle immediately without having to worry about them attacking like there's there's definitely scenarios like i said where they have to but it's easy enough to avoid that upon your like normal encounters bosses are a different story a little stronger um some of them are tough. The game does get tough. Like, it starts out very easy, but it gets uh-huh. tough. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's such an interesting combat system. I mean, Luffy, he's made of rubber. How did that happen? Well, yo, ho, ho, he took a bite of gum gum. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, it sounds... Okay, so is it open RPG in the sense of, like, it's not like each enemy and character can fight at a turn or is it like you can send one character in one direction and they'll take care of a certain enemy and you can take care of one like how's it, it's traditional based. yeah, yeah. So, it's so traditional it's, combat. It's, it's traditional turn based so it is you know essentially you pick your move mm-hmm. whoever's faster next picks a move then you know it just goes in that order um but it does come with the fact that like speed's not really a, a, a thing when it comes to the party attacks just mm-hmm. the enemy attacks so your party members can attack in any order. So usually what I do is I have Nami. Man, I just realized something. It's something just hit me. I've always had this thing that I was like, oh, I don't like RPGs. I don't like that turn-based stuff. Yu-Gi-Oh is like my favorite thing ever. That's a turn-based Yeah, game. I mean, it's a card game. 
<laughs> I just realized, like, wait, I've been playing turn-based my whole life. Yeah. I've been playing that type of gameplay. My, I'm like, oh, turn-based, that's boring. That's, and then I'm over here playing One Piece. Oh, not One Piece. You're you know, like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, your turn, your turn. You, gotta draw you can't phase, play the One Piece card phase. game. You can't find the packs anywhere. And when you do find them, they're like 12 bucks. Main phase. You got yeah. draw phase. Oh, man. It just kind of hit me right now. I was like, wait, Yu-Gi-Oh! is a RP, it's basically yeah. a turn-based RPG. But like I was saying, the easiest way to kind of go about it that I've found is like Nami has these AOEs that will hit. So some attacks can hit all enemies on, on the field, mm-hmm. not just enemies in your area or other areas, but all enemies. So a lot of enemies are like weak to Nami's like like electric attack that hits everyone. Mm-hmm. Use that to clear enemies, then just go clean up with Zoro, Luffy, stuff like that. Um, the game has an interesting way of like giving your characters to you. Like it'll take mm-hmm. Robin away at some point, and when Robin comes back, she's very under leveled. If you're doing all the side quests, um, I feel like you get Frankie a little too late for him to be kind of useful. Um, even mm-hmm. more so with Brooke, um, they're definitely way under leveled. And the way I've played this game, now this is what I brought up a couple months ago. Okay, I am insufferable when I play this game. Uh huh. I wanted to do all the side quests so i did uh-huh. up to a point where i'm at and there's a hundred things called yaya cubes that are just little cubes that you find and i wanted to find all the little power-up cubes for everybody but you have to like search everything in detail intense just maddening frustrating progress stopping detail yeah to where i burned out on the game <laughs> so i still have not finished one piece odyssey it, i mean rpgs i feel i mean I feel like with RPGs, it might be a little bit... At least for me, you can burn out a lot easier in an RPG. I mean, it's been like that. We've talked about like me not being able to finish these longer games. And I think it started with that. Level design... Look. I wish this was actually an action RPG. Okay. Rather than turn-based. Um, and I wish it was an open world. Because it just feels like One Piece is a good series to have something like that. Maybe like you sail the ship or whatever. But this is like... This is like old school go through like separated maps where you're traveling maybe a big desert or a crowded town with like different pathways where you can find things it's very old school it's like more old school than i was expecting even after learning it was turn-based see there isn't there a one piece warrior type game yeah the one i i've played pirate warriors three yeah i was like there there that one came out not when did that come out? 2020, I want to say. So it wasn't that long ago. No. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like, I'm, I feel like we've talked about a One Piece game, but I was like, it was a warrior-based yeah. game, you know? And I like those, but like for Odyssey, I almost wish it was like an open, like a, like a, I want to say like an Elden Ring game in the One Piece universe or something like that. Mm. I, like, I almost wish it wasn't a turn-based. So if it wasn't turn-based, you wish it was more, it well, it did have RPG mechanics, but it was more like a, a hack and, or like a... 3D beat em up kind of like that? No, where... I think if you made it open world, you'd have to have some RPG elements to it, but like in the action RPG sense, like in the Souls sense, mm-hmm. um, or like RPG light stuff like Zelda or Devil May or Cry. Do you, do you think, I'm thinking like, do you wish it was the way it is, but it was more like god eater mechanic gameplay like you can heal you can you can find an enemy and then you can back off and then heal and your AIs can go and attack and help you and heal and do, like it's because God Eater is kind of like an RPG. So no, but I also now want there to be a God Eater style One Piece game. <laughs> Interesting. So you don't want it that way. We want the one God Eater. I feel like this would be a good like Breath of the Wild esque thing. Um, but since it is a turn based, I am happy that the battle system is new and engaging enough to not make me think of like, 
oh, this is just like Final Fantasy IV, mm-hmm. or this is just like Final Fantasy VI, or all the other RPGs that have very similar, you know, combat mechanics and systems mm-hmm. to it. Um, yeah, One Piece Odyssey, I know there's some DLC coming. Probably not going to get the DLC. Who knows if I'll even finish the game at this point. But I've been yammering on about, oh, I'll talk about One Piece Odyssey yeah, for, like, months now. Weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. months. So, that's One Piece that's Odyssey. Piece. <laughs> Before I get to other stuff, is there anything you play that you want to talk about this week? Because I'm running out of breath. Um, this week, no, I just, I was, I just been too busy to play anything. I mean, we can establish, we have been bored, at least I have been bored with these kind of like extra FPS, you know, player versus player game. Yeah. Fortnite has been kind of dry for me. I'm not really feeling Overwatch 2, you know. And, and they just, just like, started a new season. I'm not excited for yeah. that at all. <laughs> so the moral is we are kind of like, we don't want to play the hero shooters anymore. We kind of just want, it's like the analogy of you can have a really good burger and it's the best burger ever. Sometimes you just crave a McDonald's cheeseburger in simple or a McChicken, you know what I mean? It's something simple in the sense of you know it's not as good as maybe any other game but it's like it's something basic, and so I will say like yeah, we have been playing Cold War because it's just something simple. It's not extra hero, you know, sh- player versus player shooter game. It is simple, like just boots to the ground combat, and that's kind of like what we've been doing because it's like I don't I don't want to deal with a rank or heroes doing all these type of crazy stuff i just want something simple and like i guess that's like like the only thing we've been playing this month nothing's really i don't know it's kind of like we're in the we're in a like a time period where like i'm playing a lot of rpgs that aren't going to be interesting enough to talk about but we're kind of waiting for certain big things to come out that are going to be talked about here Mm -hmm. pretty soon like the star wars jedi uh survivor i'll be playing zelda Mm -hmm. um but the thing that we're kind of looking forward to the most to like talking about is probably Street Fighter Six. Yes. But like I've really enjoyed our time with Cold War lately. Um, I bought it last December. I don't know if I brought it up at that point. I don't think you did. Yeah. Um, I just need to be able to turn my mind off sometimes. Like the yeah. one, the One Piece game is something you need to be completely dialed in for. You need to be focused on that. Black Ops Cold War. I can listen to a podcast yeah, or talk to a friend. It's one of those things where sometimes you just. There's nothing wrong with these other games. It's just that it, they're too much of you have to focus. Yeah. And and I don't want every single match I go through having my brain kicked up to 100%, yeah. 90 whatever it is. Sometimes I just like to sit back, turn on a game, and just play. Win or lose in Call of Duty, as long as you're not getting absolutely just demolished by the other team in the sense of your kill-to-death ratio... I think that's fine. I've lost games, and I'm like, I still had fun. Yeah. There's a lot of games in Fortnite where I've lose, or and it's just not fun. You, you, it's like. Plus, you've been doing Dead by Daylight with really potential for long rounds, and like yeah. I've said to you off recording, Call of Duty Cold uh, Cold War is nice because the rounds are ten minutes. Ten minutes. Maybe whatever. not as brief and quick and breezy as Splatoon 3's three-minute rounds, but, like, I could do ten minutes. Then I can take a break for a couple minutes and go into the next round or, pa- yeah. like, pause for a couple minutes. Go yeah, it's ahead. It's just, like, that's how we've been really doing. Um, it's just that schedule-wise, I can't really sit down and, like, I, I, 
the way the way I'm at is like I I need to relax and not be caught in something and then have to go do something else. It's just so much like that has happened. But like, hopefully soon we I can get back to playing games and we'll talk about. It. That's the whole point of our podcast. We're not we're not really here to talk about the newest stuff. We do talk about it. Yeah, like, we talk it, about it, a, bring the, it up the, the breadth of things. We just want to explain the guests the stuff we're playing at the moment because we've talked about games that I've played. Like God of War the first one that that game is how old and I talked about it like it was brand new yeah like I we we like to enjoy our, our adventure of what we play at the moment yeah eventually maybe we'll go back and play some games that we hopefully grew up with and stuff like that and play it together one day and then we can talk about it with full death episodes but at this moment it's just stuff we played it's just been really busy for both of us yeah so both I, of us have a, like an intense <laughs> work schedule yeah so the Cold War matches have been like. A Saviors, breath of fresh yeah. air. Like, like, please just don't give me a stat screen. Like, this kind of... Like, we brought this up a few weeks ago when I was talking about oh, the long games yeah. are really, like, taxing right now. So, like, Cold War has been, like, like real good for... Right. And, like, it's not the new Call of Duty, yeah. so we're not having to worry about a Battle, battle Pass. pass yeah. Like, Seasons. I'm so sick of Battle Passes. Yeah. I know Fall Guys is probably going to start soon because it's been, like like four months or oh, five yeah. months so yeah. like it's got to be like it's coming up soon um so that'll be exciting but i like fall guys i have no problem with that um but like if if i had the allure of like skins and calling cards on, on like something like modern warfare 2 I'd, I'd i'd just be like playing as a second job and that's not what my games are for yeah it's that's like why I, said, I dropped out of the Destiny season. Oh yeah, like I said, it's definitely because yeah, and De- Destiny too. I never want. I don't. Like I finished one battle pass on Destiny, and and I went right into the next one. I said I cannot do. I this. I cannot play the Destiny two MP. I don't understand it. It's well, too... the MP sure, but the battle pass element itself is like yeah, the MP is a mess. I just never. I, I never liked the MP. <laughs> yeah. I always have a terrible time playing it. And because you, you can't just select Team Deathmatch. Yeah, and like I said, it's just simple. Turn your brain off and just play a game, and yeah. there's it's fine. It, there's no battle pass. There's nothing to worry about. The this it's on PS5, so it's still relatively. It, I mean, it's still a new game. It's 2020. People are gonna want to play it. It's the only Treyarch, you know, development studio game they have at the moment. I think they're gonna do one in next year. I don't think they're doing one this. Yeah, next year I think. Probably next year. Uh, because Vanguard no one liked. Yeah. And Modern Warfare 2 is kind of iffy people. And it's got skill-based matchmaking, yeah. which is just a mess. <laughs> yeah. So it's like Cold War is like that one where. If you played Black Ops, yes, it World has a War, lot of good maps yeah, from Black, Black Ops, Ops 2. <laughs> something like that. If you're a Treyarch fan, obviously it's still like ones they still play. Because Black, I don't know if people play Black Ops 4 anymore. I doubt it. It's very yeah. low numbers. I mean, there's probably some on, like, especially since it was free on Plus, but. But 4 is another hero game. You have abilities. This is yeah. like no abilities. It's just boots yeah. on the ground. I'm, I'm so sick of hero shooters right now. Like, there are genres that are doing the gaming podcast we can kind of pick apart like the the games that are oversaturated now mm-hmm. and the hero shooter thing has gotten to the point where i'm just like are any of them yeah. as good as overwatch probably not but even overwatch is just like just i don't want to yeah. do it right now it, other uh, and besides call of duty i i still do play dead by daylight i can say uh pinhead is my least favorite killer to go against i don't like him yeah I think there's some abilities killers have that I'm like, that's just game-breaking. That's too OP. Pinhead is just one of those killers I'm like, I don't like going against him. I've never had a match with him where it was fair. It was normal and everyone... No. I I will say this. Pinhead actually made me just turn the game completely off. I said, nope, I'm not doing this today. 
After a long day, I said, not doing that. Just going to go play some Call of Duty because it just turned my brain off. <laughs> so, going off that, <laughs> in the spirit of long games not being, like, the, the personal preference right now, I'm playing another RPG. Um, Thankfully, though, this is not as long of an RPG, and there's enough variety in it mm-hmm. to kind of keep things fresh. Mm-hmm. Now, I've wanted to play this for a long time, but I've been holding off on it specifically because it is a turn-based RPG. Mm-hmm. But a few weeks ago, like I said last episode, I picked up Live Alive uh-huh. for the Switch. Um, this is also coming out for PlayStation 4 and 5, I think, um, at the end of this month, which mm-hmm. is April of 2023. Um, now, I've not been able to put as much time into it you know because of working and also theatrhythm has been more addicting than ever with the like saga songs that came out but so far i've played two chapters of live alive and started the third Mm -hmm. so live alive you're picking your protagonist through different timelines in history and playing a scenario with that character Ultimately, I'm sure with the goal of figuring out what the game is actually about. So the first scenario I played was prehistoric times. You play as Pogo, who is a little caveman boy, and he has his um, friend with him, Gori, and then eventually a girl. And basically, this is a turn-based RPG, but since language hasn't been invented yet, they speak in little grunts Uh and noises and, like, imagery. Um, So it's interesting to kind of go through this, like, kind of tough scenario with it, it's it's humorous but it's i didn't find the humor to be my type of humor uh-huh. it's a little like i i like a dark humor or like a long-winded joke or stuff like that this is more like um kitty humor i think in the prehistoric section that i i wasn't really big on mm-hmm. um but it did give me a good intro to the battle system of the game which didn't actually come up much in the second scenario so mm-hmm. like the first scenario, uh, it was recommended to play prehistory first, um, but I feel like the second scenario blew it out of the water in terms of presentation, mm-hmm. even though in terms of combat, it, it, it was a little lacking. The second chapter I played was the Wild West, where you play as a character called the, the Sundown Kid, I believe, and you go into this small town and you're being chased by a bounty hunter, mm-hmm. and it turns out that you need to team up with him and the residents of the town to go up against a gang that's trying to like destroy the town. But instead of the chapter being combat focused, there's a few duels, but it's mostly a a timed thing where you are going around searching for things that, that you can give to the townspeople to make traps so that the ultimate confrontation at the end of the, um, uh, scenario is easier for you because Sundown Kid doesn't have the chance to level up because there is, like, three combat scenarios in the entire chapter. Now, prehistory lasted about three hours for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Wild West only lasted one hour. But I really appreciated the tone of the story. It was serious. It was mature. And, like, completely the opposite from prehistory. So, like, tonally, there's a lot going on here. Um, the boss was a bit hard. Um, I grinded a little in prehistory, so it wasn't as hard. How many bits we talking here? How many what? How many bits we talking? He said he was a bit hard. How many bits we talking here? 32. <laughs> How many bits we talking? 32. <laughs> Imagine. We talking 8 bits. I'm, re- I'm reading the future here. 32. <laughs> 32. Uh, or maybe I'm reading the past. 64 bits? Not quite. 32. <laughs> 
Um, the game is in that HD 2D style, though, which takes the idea of 16-bit and makes it look like it just came out. With uh-huh. Kind of like so, Octopath Traveler. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, something same, like that. Same company as, like, the same branch of Square Enix what? that does Octopath There was a remake recently from Square... Or, like, it was an NES game, or Super Nintendo game, and they redid it like that. What game this was it? This is Live Alive. Live Alive? Yeah, okay, so it was this so, one, yeah. like, this was not released in America until mm-hmm. last year. Um, originally released for the Super Nintendo in Japan in 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the first time that, like, uh, U.S. audience is really getting to experience this from, like, buying it at retail. Um, the third scenario is... Probably the one I'm doing third is probably like the most divisive. Mm-hmm. It's a the Twilight of Edo, Japan, where the idea is going through this like very elaborately designed, like impressively elaborate um, yeah. castle, um, and either choosing to stealth the whole thing, or kill all 100 enemies, or do what I did and messed them both up and are now just going through it like normal. I'm not a big fan mm-hmm. of how this one is playing mm-hmm. out. Um, I like it tonally. I like it story-wise, but the it, it's so maze-like and labyrinthine compared to the other two, and probably every other scenario to where it's like probably going to end up being my least favorite. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It's it, it, they've all been different so far. Uh-huh. Um, the one thing that seems to tie the scenarios together so far is that the bosses have this song, Megalomania, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. playing. It's a very good song. It's in theatrhythm. I've been loving it. Um, but so far, so good. I need to get like more invested into it. But there's, like I said, it's been a lot lately. Um, but I'm looking forward to like playing the other scenarios, like the 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 one where you play as a little robot that I tried in the demo, um, and a few other ones. But yeah, live live. Going to be bringing that one up from time to time. It's it's not something I'm in a rush to beat, <laughs> but I am hoping that it kind of like, rest- I'm hoping it's my sniper elite four scenario where it's like I'm really down with like rpgs or like long games in general to where live alive could be like the shining beacon was was that does that rhyme on purpose what you said uh live alive i'll probably play it from time to time <laughs> was that on purpose no <laughs> i caught that i was like was that on purpose no but i'm losing my breath from talking so okay, much so we can talk about this or at least I, we can go, we're still playing a lot of guitar hero yeah we're going we, and oh i should mention the the reason i'm losing my breath from talking so much is because for some reason when we do the podcast live like this it's easier to like my thoughts aren't being like um and all the uh time. yeah i mean I'll, I'll say this with the guitar hero now i wish i'm i'm determined to find a ps3 a 360 or a wii guitar i swore i had some i don't know what happened to them i wish i never gave mine away and i want to at least buy one so then we could just play at buy place or something or somewhere like you're i don't know so we can just we could just play as much as we want so the because the arcade one the guitars are heavy yes they're heavy the wii guitar is like a feather compared to the arcade guitar that's something we keep going back to guitar here arcade it's pretty fun knights of sidonia medium we finally did it oh <laughs> we did it see and we did it on some pretty janky controls like i i never realized that the controls were using kind of like jank there was like it was kind of like okay we're not at that much you know we're at a it was a pretty decent disadvantage but yeah. man just i just can't get the finger placements down on my on the buttons it's it's something that i just maybe that's why i never really got into it but it's still a fun game to play yeah couple more things to rattle off real quick I do want to get Diablo 4 beta out of the way. Okay. This it's is Diablo. You. Yeah. I spent like 30 minutes queued up. I actually got in on the open beta. 
I must say, it's the refinement of Diablo. Mm -hmm. Um, It does take what I consider to be the best of three and kind of merges it with, like, okay stuff from two. I kind of miss my circular menu from three that, like, Mm -hmm. um, that Warhammer Chaos Bane game had, like, very similar menu. Um, But it's easy enough to just mark what's, you know, sellable items in your Mm -hmm. inventory like this. Um, I'm loving how this one seemed to engage with me on a story level from playing the beta the beta i didn't finish the beta or finish what was possible in the beta but i played three or four hours of it mm-hmm. um i'm looking forward to the game maybe not as much now after the final fantasy 16 state of play because mm-hmm. diablo 4 comes out a couple days after street fighter there's no way yeah. i'm putting street fighter down um for anything until final fantasy 16 and even then like final fantasy 16 has a big fight ahead of it to mm-hmm. take my time away from street fighter um, so yeah, Diablo Four Beta, it was fine. Um, I'm very impressed by it. Like, like fine is underselling it. Like, it it's going to be awesome. Not looking forward to live service elements and all that entails, especially since they said it might take like 80 hours to do a battle pass. It's like, no way, not in June. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've been on a fighting game kick, specifically because. I want to make sure I'm playing other... Th- was that also a pun? Fighting game kick? Are no. you just with these... I was like, are you on purpose with these? Or these are just coincidence? <laughs> these are very big... He was like, I'm on a fighting game kick. You know, I'm really trying to punch these out of the way. I'm trying to punch these fighting <laughs> games out of the way. Um, because I know Street Fighter Six is going to overtake them all. So I want to make sure I'm playing a few things that mm. I haven't really invested any time in. Um, Soul Calibur Six. Uh, I bought a season pass. So, like, I did, like, 2B. I didn't buy the second one because I thought it was too much. Mm-hmm. Um... Actually, you had Soul Calibur 2, which I like better. Okay, <laughs> I have already had Soul Calibur 2. I just got Soul Calibur 2 for the Xbox original, so that's what we were playing. Yeah, but so I already Spawn, had Soul Calibur. Um, I, I like Soul Calibur 2 better. I'll go ahead and put that out there. 6 is fine, but 2 is... Like, I mean, 2 is considered one of the greatest fighting games out there. It's amazing. It's up there with probably like 3, Street Fighter 3, and like... KI original people really like KI. Like it's something those... about that era, like that PS One PS Two fighting game era. MVC Two, like, yeah, because one of the, like it's not it's broken, but people like the broken. Yeah. Like they like it for that reason. I like played a little Tekken Two the other day too, and like for some reason I, I like that too. Yeah, um, more than seven because I didn't really get Tekken on Tekken Two. You like that too? Yes. Another fun. <laughs> you just full of puns. Well, today. we can't have any. Puns with King of Fighters 14. I bought it because it has like 58 characters and I've never played King of Fighters. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm playing the 1v1 like versus mode. Um, I like playing as on Hill. I like playing as my. Um, I especially like Blue Mary and Vanessa is mm-hmm. are, like probably the characters I use the most Blue Mary and Vanessa, but it's fine. I, I will say the best fighting game I've ever played, like gone all out mvc2 is really really fun i have it for the xbox it's really fun and no matter how jank and broken it is i think the character roster is really good and it's i can see why people really like this game i think the most fun like dlc wise is definitely Mortal Kombat x 11's okay obviously spawn is my favorite dlc of all time but but you got him in soul caliber too he's now. in soul caliber <laughs> and i think x has had really fun dlc yeah and X is pretty alright. Uh, other than that, with fighting games, we're going to see how well they stack up. Because seeing Street Fighter 6, they, they're seeing, it seems like they're trying to really change 
the fighting game element of Street Fighter. They're trying to really like turn it on its head. Yes, it seems like none of my skills from five carry over as well to six based on mm-hmm. the beta. But it's going to be interesting to like learn the new mechanics. I'm excited that it's so different with the uh, the drive mechanic mm. or whatever it's called, where you can go into this burnout state if you're button mashing. Like that seems like a good way to get me to stop button mashing. It's it's like this. Mortal Kombat did change its style after a very long time. It went from a two D classic fighter to this. I kind of you can like Tekken esque. Like you can yeah, go around the for ring. A while. Now they went back to 2D, you know, face-to-face, off the 3D models, but only left to right. But now they're starting adding, like, meters and stuff like that. You can't use your uh, x-rays until you're at your lowest, like, health state and stuff like that. Same thing with Street Fighter, how they're changing it. They're adding new things. You know how, like, 5 added the X kind of later on in its life. Uh, The only fighting game I can say that keeps its, like... And if you put it from day one to now... Everything you've learned has not changed. It will be the same game no matter what. I think it's Tekken. I don't know if any other fighting game has been that consistent as much as Tekken. And yeah. Tekken 8 is coming out. Maybe even Soul Calibur, I want to say. Because, like, 2 plays very similarly to 6. Plays very similar to 4. Mm-hmm. Um, like, obviously, there's things going on under the hood there that are completely different. Like, in 6, I know there's, like, a rock, paper, scissors mechanic that I have not been engaging with because I'm basically just button mashing and watching the very mm-hmm. high-quality 3D models um, fight each other on my screen or making characters, which is, like, awesome. But you mm-hmm. can do that in Tekken, too. Um, but, yeah, like, Tekken... For some reason, though, I like Tekken 2 better than Tekken 7. <laughs> I mean, Tekken 3 is considered the best The best, one, yeah. Out of the originals. I think... Seven is considered obviously one of the best modern ones, and then three is considered the best classic. Hopefully, eight is a mixture between seven and three, kind of fanfare wise and yeah. like gameplay wise, like that. They really like clean it up. I never, I never really got Tekken Seven. I was always looking forward to getting it, but I just never got around to it because then I picked up on Street Fighter Five. Yeah, maybe, hopefully, I pick up eight, and then we can, and then we have Street Fighter Six and and eight to go back yeah. and forth on. And then Mortal Kombat 12, I guess, rumor-wise, we don't you know we don't like to spread rumors, but you know they could, they could change it all. But I guarantee they're going to make a Mortal Kombat uh, 12 at some point. Yeah, I feel like Ed Boon is teasing it on his Twitter. That's some. <laughs> it's it's not like it's a it's a rumor that they're making it, but it's like if I had to bet 12, it's all will but happen. confirmed, yeah. right? <laughs> um, just because this never happens, we never get through the entire game list. But I feel like I have so little of the other two that we can this week. Been playing Gran Turismo Seven. Because for some reason, Ridge Racer has made me want to play more car, ga- car, sim, ga- car games. Yeah, it's a sim. sim. Um, I've just been enjoying it. Like, I don't know, driving my Camaro. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I also tried Onichanbara Origin. Uh, this what? is <laughs> This is a hack and slash game that's a remake of like a, like a PS2 hack and slash game. I played the one on the PS4. It's wild. Um, like Dynasty Warriors plus Devil May Cry, but also like just fine mash a few buttons beat a few zombies that's sony chamba i uninstalled it after like an hour but like i can see that it wasn't going to like change much in that hour so one hour of it was enough but i'll probably go back to it at some point it's uh, a fun little time killer have we had a new ninja gaiden and in, in when's the last ninja gaiden released there was a ps4 one right really I think, so it's been I a think while. the Sigma games are on the Switch, but I don't see, know if I'd want to play those on the Switch. The, now, now I want to see a, what a modern PS5 Ninja Gaiden game would look like, control-wise and like 
frame rate and like levels like and just think about the de- I have seen, we've seen I mean I'd rather have Koei Tecmo continue to work on that like Rise of the Ronin game that's them right I'm pretty sure yeah I guess maybe if there was a new Ninja Gaiden game coming out we it could possibly be more interesting to play at the moment because I feel like it's a genre I never really touch on and I feel like I should like yeah well Ninja really- Gaiden like what what puts me off of that is that it's just it wears its difficulty on its sleeve, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not big into something that's that gonna be that hard, even on lower you, difficulty. You plat Sekiro. Don't tell me you're not into difficult games when you plat Sekiro. You put yourself in that I can play a difficult game boat. You can do it. No, I think that's the hardest game I've ever played, and I think I'm done playing a game. Yeah, I mean, that. Cuphead. You've been talking about how you're gonna beat that for like two years yeah, but now. You remember, Cuphead came out on Switch like right after I got the plat on Sekiro, so it's like. Nah. I've tried to play Cuphead recently, just like kind of like here and there. I'm just like, man, how did I beat this game? I'm like, Dude, I'm that's like, how I feel about certain games that I beat like, when I was. This. Like certain games that, like Game Boy Advance games that I beat when I was a kid, I was like, "What? happened how? How did I do this?" I for me, it's Cuphead. I'm like, I don't know how I did that. And apparently, some people Donkey Kong is like a difficult game. I'm like, I can beat that game. I know, like the you hour. and me have beaten like for this podcast, we've beaten Donkey Kong Country games in less than like an hour, or two. an hour, an hour and a half, yeah. basically. But that's no. I think we're just ranting on something else. Yeah. What we got here though is a Pokemon Drip Diamond and Pearl. This is the ghost type gym leader, Fantina. Fantina is decked out in a purple, like, wedding dress almost. Like, it's a purple dress. She's got it's a purple. Prom dress. Yeah, like a prom dress. Um, purple shoes, purple hair. You know, all purple. All ghost. You know, I like it. I'm digging it. I'm dig. I'm digging the 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 dress. I like the white spots, like stars or something, or yeah. fa- like very faint. celestial. Almost yeah. feels like drift blim esque. I can't remember if she has a drift blim, but it would make sense because he's a flying ghost type. Uh, the hair could be whatever. It's wild hair design. I don't know if I like it, but the dress itself, ghost type. Honestly, I dig it. Would I say it's drippy? I think it's actually pretty drippy with the designs of the spots and the dress itself and how it stands out. It's open in the sense like it puffs out. Yeah, and it fits the theme. It does. Color-wise and just, I don't know. The X, again, the yellow X on it just reminds me of Driftlim. So I'm sure she has one. I just haven't played Diamond and Pearl in a long time. For me personally... I'm going to give this a 3.5 Badoofs out of 5. I think I'm give it a 3 because it's in the middle. I think it's fine. I think I, I think everything else is whatever. I just re- I think it is pretty drip. Yeah. I mean, for Diamond and Pearl, like, we, like we've been talking about, it's it's like some of the more least, like the least interesting designs for mm-hmm. the gym leaders. Like the Elite Four is a different story. But like I was fond of Gardenia so far. Um, but yeah, Fantina, pretty, pretty cool. And Ghost Type... Always exciting to see a ghost type gym leader. The ghost type like characters usually have like a, a more unique design like mm. this. So yeah, that's Fantina. Little tiny bit of news before we uh, wrap it up for this week. Uh, we brought up the Suicide Squad delay at the top of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Final Fantasy 16 has its state of play recently. I watched that one. 25 minutes of pure, absolutely selling me and probably everybody else who watched it on the game. Mm-hmm. It even takes, like, the boring parts of turn-based... or not. It's not turn-based. It takes the boring parts of RPGs with, like, lore and everything and makes them fun. Mm-hmm. Adds, like, little, like, Final Fantasy, like, 8-bit icons to everything and does little, like, meter filling. That Like, it's, it's, it's fun. The combat looks like the evolution of Devil May Cry. 
the icon fights looks like the evolution of God of War. Mm. There's things that they showed in this showcase that I've never seen in games before, and I, this is the first time I'm genuinely impressed by something in this ninth generation. Like, Horizon might have the best graphics ever made, but this state of play for Final Fantasy 16 is the first time I have actually been wowed by something they've shown. Mm-hmm. Um Aside from like playing Miles Morales the first time and experiencing that in 60 frames. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 16 is literally the first time like my jaw was dropped. So there's that. There was a Zelda trailer. I decided not to watch it because <laughs> I want to go in as knowing as little as possible because they're definitely hiding things about this game. Yeah. Um, I know Ganondorf's back. But you can't avoid that. It's all over the Twitter. The Twitter, um, the official Twitter announced it. I think yeah. if anything they announced it's not really a spoiler. It's yeah. just like it was in the what trailer. to expect. Yeah. And lastly, I think the day after this episode goes up, Lil Wayne will be hosting a Street Fighter VI event with Capcom where there's going to be like 30 minutes of new info and stuff. Um, I'm actually excited for that because, I mean, it's, it's Street Fighter VI. It's just kind of funny because you just said, Lil Wayne. It's like a random popular Lil Wayne do it. Well, Lil Wayne does everything. Lil yeah. Wayne, he's like Snoop Dogg. They Lil just do Wayne anything. giving us a new look at Street Fighter VI. Yeah, they, they, just, they just do whatever they want because it's just like side quest stuff they just like to do. I'm hoping for some new costume reveals and maybe they'll announce the first character for the season pass. Um, it's all it's all going to be good. Street Fighter VI is... I'm really looking forward Very to Very big. I mean, that kind of puts a lot of pressure on it, though. We're it, it expecting does. a lot. This is my most anticipated game of the year. Unless they announce something else crazy. But yeah, yeah this is most anticipated. Unless so Persona far. 6 is somehow coming this year, and it's not going to. Um, but yeah, Street Fighter 6 is like. My hype is immeasurable. Hey, do you remember when Prince of Persia The Sands of Times remake was announced? Yeah. And remember it got <laughs> delayed indefinitely, so we don't know when that's ever going to come out? Maybe it'll come out February of 2024 Maybe with come Suicide out Squad. This year, and like, we can finally talk about it and play it. Or we just go back to the original ones and revisit them, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, not not the other. I mean, Two Thrones. I don't know what we're worried with that. Yeah. Anyway, for now, would you say we've done an episode? Yep. I think we've done an episode. That should wrap it up. All right. As always, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please follow us on our Twitter at Markers on the Map. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts where you can leave a five-star rating and review. Subscribe, download an episode. We're also on Google Podcasts and Spotify. And we do like to end every episode with a famous video game quote. And this week, that quote is, You know, Willie. We really are the Warpath Jurassic Park. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Later. Robert, I just got a message from Green Badoof. What does he want this time? They found Moon Yeller. Let's, I guess we're going to head there. All right. Let's get to it. <laughs>